Welcome back to the Broncast, the podcast all about the Ford Bronco. I'm your host, John Melton. I'm Donnie Whiteman. We are two Bronco enthusiasts who own Broncos, work on Broncos, and love talking about Broncos from Generation 1 all the way through Generation 6. Our sponsor for today's episode is Tom's Off-Road. Tom's Off-Road has every part that you need to fully restore a Ford Bronco. In today's episode, we're going to look at what you need to know about a rusty old frame um, and what to look for specifically and where the bad spots could be or, you know, is it bent, things like that. Um, Tools for the weekend mechanic and we have a special guest. Oh, yeah. Hey, and if you haven't already subscribed to our YouTube channel, head over to YouTube and search for The Broncast, where you can see the podcast and all the wonderful things that we're talking about today. Wait, did you get a haircut? <laughs> well, I did. Yes, that's <laughs> Where's the true. Rest of it? Did you donate it? <laughs> locks of love? No. Um, <laughs> locks on the floor? Yes. Uh yeah, like literally I had a moment of weakness and got sick of it and cut it. Oh, you did. And so I never took my driver's license picture, which was the whole reason that I was growing it out. Um, so, yeah, it's, it is now short and uh, or shorter than it was. Now it's just but, party on top. Yeah, party on top. And, uh, <laughs> man, I love it. I love having shorter hair. You're supposed to I could save go that shorter. for the summer. Yeah, like I know. long hair in the winter. Yeah, right. I could go, I could shave it and I'd be happy. I hate having, I hated, I hated my long hair. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been working on? Well, let's see. So I bought, we bought some axles and we thought they looked like they were rebuilt. New seals, fresh paint. They were gorgeous. Turns out they're complete garbage. Oh. So unfortunately, uh, but fortunately, we went down the differential rabbit hole. <laughs> so I learned all about shims and thousands uh-huh. and, you know, measuring and math. Like, Oh, my gosh. It's, it, uh, it can kind of melt your brain. But uh, I understand now how they, you shim the carriers left and right and yeah. you shim the pinion gear. And specifically, you're working with things like called preload. And yep. it was, it was an, an intense two weeks of... You know, I don't know. I think I, I got my, I got the class. I passed the class. Yeah. So. <laughs> you got the master class. Yeah. On Man. building difference. And we got like four more sets to do. So once we found out the front was bad, it's like, well, we can't use the rear without checking. We pulled right. it apart and, and someone had sandblasted it and, and uh, filled it. Like we scooped out a handful. I'm not kidding. A handful of silica sand out of the bottom of that nine inch Ford. Oh rear housing and luckily they hadn't run it but still we had to take it completely apart yeah. clean everything yeah. buy all new bearings so yeah you learn all about axles but now i know it's like i know kung fu yeah i'm like the matrix <laughs> yeah i got the class yep yep <laughs> that's that's pretty amazing so with differentials i actually went to california for a shoot and filmed at dynatrack oh um, really and they dynatrack makes i mean all kinds of axles, they uh, for everything, and they had so many Dana forty fours, Ford nine inches. I mean, they had everything, and it was really cool just seeing. You know, it's kind of like they went from just the pumpkin to putting the the like um, outer axle tubes on to uh, you know 
putting, building it, putting everything in it, gears, and then putting the brakes on it. And like, it was just so cool, like all in their shop, you know, and then they would package it up and ship it out. And what show is this going to be on? Uh, this is, I think it's on uh, my client Ian Johnson's show, Four Wheeler. Um, and so, yeah, it was like, but it was so fun just going and, you know, filming this whole process and, and all that. So we had a lot of fun just going up there and, and, uh, working on that, but, but that's really, yeah, it was fun. After I got back from that though, uh, it snowed here a lot, a lot. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I think it was a record. It was like eight inches in one day, Yeah, which we don't ever get snow in Nashville. I mean, if, if we do, it's like a light dusting where the grass gets a little bit of snow and that's it. And so this was like, it just kept snowing and snowing. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is going to be actually fun to play. And did you go out in it? I was a complete maniac. Oh yeah. <laughs> like I drove in the uh, ditches more than on the road. Like if someone was going too slow, I just went into the ditch, bounced out the other side, throwing snow everywhere. I was just like, I went absolutely nuts. <laughs> That's and, uh, awesome. Yeah. I didn't help anyone. I was not actually... <laughs> Not a very nice person, but um, I had a great time. Yeah, so I, yeah. I used the slippery mode. Oh, so, yeah. I was yeah, playing with mode. all the modes. And yep. I was in the Kroger parking lot, and I had it in four low, and I was just doing, like, driving around in a circle in the dry spot, and it was going, or, 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 <laughs> skipping the people are looking at me, and I was just That's amazing. having a big time. Yeah. I went out a couple times, but then, like, I mean, snow is great to drive on. Like, it's super easy to drive on. So that first day when it was snowing, I was out driving, and it was great. But then it turned just to ice, and yeah. my neighborhood was an ice skating rink. And so one night, I was coming home, and it hadn't snowed in three days. <clears throat> and I'm coming home, and I just hit the brakes and slid right past my driver in my Bronco. <laughs> like, I'm like... Well, there goes my driveway. Okay. <laughs> you know, like put it in reverse and, you know, but yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty crazy, but yeah, I had some fun and I think I made, so I have that picture of my Bronco with the tree on top um, oh, yeah. and I did a new one. Um, and so I haven't messed with it yet, but I think it turned out pretty good. Um, so I have a new next year. Everyone will see my Merry Christmas photo from Nashville early Bronco. I asked Bridget, uh, who loaned us her new oh, Bronco yeah. with the seven-speed manual. Yeah. manual. Yeah. I go, so did you go out? She goes, oh, yeah, this mom was, she was everywhere. Like, I was not stuck at home with everybody else. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. If you had a Bronco, you were not stuck at home. We had King of the Hammers just finished. Yeah. Um, Broncos in the 4600 stock class came in first and second jeep got third but it was like a 90s or early 2000s jeep grand cherokee so yeah really? i know it was pretty random like yeah alex mcneil um in the jeep grand cherokee but uh yeah stock 4600 stock class bailey cole um got 18th overall but first place in the 4600 class and then lauren healy got 23rd overall and second place in the 4,600 class. So there's like the 4,800 class that is no holds barred. You yeah, know, it's you unlimited. Can, yeah, you can do whatever you want. Randy Slauson won. Um, but the 4,600, it's like 
stock OEM frame uh, factory engine, factory transmission, 35-inch uh, DOT tires, so not not like red label stickies, um, two-and-a-half-inch shocks, and uh, mechanical steering. So pretty cool. I mean, cool that the Broncos still dominated. Yeah, first well, and second is King, pretty amazing. King of the Hammers, unlike maybe just running the Nora 1000 or what was Baja, um, it's rocks. Yeah. Like, it's insane. So the first weekend and the first few days, because it, it goes on for like, eight days or something yeah our motorcycles and these guys are like trying to lift their motorcycles over rocks because they can't <laughs> it was just it looked horrific it's like why would anybody even want to do that on a motorcycle right. and then the trucks like if you don't have four wheels yeah i wouldn't do it yeah yeah for sure yeah it's it's pretty grueling race and uh yeah i think it's i think it's super cool that bronco is coming in one and two and uh I forget the guy. Um, it wasn't Lauren or Bailey, but there was another Bronco guy. He got pole position for the for the class, um, but he didn't end up finishing in the top. But yeah, well, I like the flat parts where they're going. You just see like uh, power lines, giant power lines, and you know they're. I guess it's a road next to the power lines, and they have giant whoops. And these guys are hitting. They're at like 130 miles an hour, not letting off, and they're yeah. doing this for miles. It was just on Instagram. It was so entertaining to watch all yeah. of that. Well, um, moving along, uh, we haven't talked about the 2024 Bronco changes. So there's some changes come into the Ford Bronco in 2024, but it's really not that big. Like in reality, like for a vehicle, there's there's not a lot that's changing from 23 to 24. Um, they dropped the base model. So now the bottom package that you could get is the Big Bend, yep. um, which, you know, doesn't surprise us. I, I, I didn't think they were going to hang on to the base model for they long. They had so many models. Yeah, yeah, way too many models. Now they, I think last year they added the Evergreen or like there was an, another model on top of Badlands. And so, yeah, dropping the base model I think is a good idea. Um, this one is funny. The 12 inch screen is now standard. And yeah, every that makes Bronco. me mad. I know I knew <laughs> it would because that is so nice to have that 12 yeah. inch screen. Cause the other one is it eight inches, seven inches. Like it's pretty small. So the 12 inch is a nice upgrade. The 360 cam though, isn't, yeah. isn't, uh, that doesn't come with the 12 inch. Does it? I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's the, you know, 12 inch screen would be nice, but the 360 right. cam is beyond cool. Yes. Yeah. Um, Badlands now comes standard with a modular front bumper, which I don't know if anyone really cares. Um, on the Raptor, Code Orange is a styling package. Um, so it's like adding a bunch of orange accents throughout the Raptor instead of maybe the red, because I think the Raptor had red accents. So maybe it adds. Changes those to orange or something, but yeah, there's the, those are the changes for the 2024. No, no new crazy colors. No, yep. nothing, nothing crazy. Pretty, pretty, uh, pretty bare bones. Well, moving, moving right along, we're going to head over to the shop and take a look at an old rusty frame. <laughs> My 69. All right. So we moved here into uh, the shop. We're in front of the lift. And we've got Donnie's old rusty frame sitting here in front of us. 
Now, whether you just bought a Bronco and you're looking at the frame and it looks something like this, or you're looking to restore your Bronco and it looks something like this, <laughs> we're gonna spend a little bit of time just kind of talking about what are the things that you wanna look for? What are the things that you wanna pay attention to? What's salvageable, what's not? Um, and we'll get into all this, but first, okay, tell me about this thing. Where'd you find this? So this was on a trailer at Jimmy Golden's and it had this horrific body on top of it. So <laughs> we just recently took the body off because if you wanna see what you're dealing with on a frame, the first thing you need to do is get the body off. You really can't assess it without doing that. So uh, we made a little video, we cut all the frame mounts, used the lift, raised it up, got it off, and um, I was pleasantly surprised. I found that it's relatively rust-free. <laughs> Normally on top, on, yeah, the surface, the surface <laughs> looks really bad, but yeah. the actual truck and the frame uh, are really good, except we found over here, it's got a knee or a joint in the frame where it's oh. been bent. It looks like it got rear-ended on the driver's side, so. All right, well, before we really dive into this, what, what are your plans? Like, what are, we, what are you gonna do with this when you're done? Well, I'm actually gonna do a full coilover suspension on this. Nice. So I needed a good frame. I didn't think this would, was going to be good, but turns out I can use this. So I'll cut all the mounts off and make my own mounts for a coilover suspension. Nice. All right, let's dive into this thing. All right, so this thing looks like a mess. And, you know, how is it that when you're looking at this, you can tell, oh, yeah, no, this is good, and this is completely shot? Yeah, well, you know, I always see the potential in everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's a flaw. <laughs> but like this I thing, see. yeah, you know, when you look at the top of the frame under the bed, normally it's all pitted out. And this one, actually, if you look here, there's yeah. good metal here. Yeah. There's not much pitting. Um, things that we need to look for or whether there are any cracks here on the rear mounts, these have the most force. And then these are the shock mounts. And normally those are all rusted out and they actually look pretty good. You won't know until you really clean them up and we send it and get it all media blasted. But one of the things we noticed on the back is not only is this really nice right in here, which means my mounts are probably gonna be good for the bumper. And right here, these mounts potentially won't be rusted underneath the body mounts. There's eight of them. Yeah. I did get one off the front, which we'll look at later. Yeah. Uh, but this one you'll notice has an extra nut on it right here. And we've noticed that there's an extra kink in the frame that's not supposed to be there. So this thing's been rear-ended from here, but yeah. we have a- It kind of goes, it kind of goes like this. <laughs> yeah, so we gotta bring this one down. Yeah. So we'll uh, strip this thing down and get it in the frame rack, the chief frame rack and pull that back into spec. Yeah, and if you, you know, if you're, like I said earlier, like if you just got your Bronco and you're kind of, like, well, how do I check? You know, like, what am, I, what am I doing? The first thing you really do have to do is either remove the body or, you know, remove pieces to be able to see the frame. Because a lot of these areas, like this whole top of the, the frame here, you're not gonna see it with the body on. Like, these are the body mounts. This is what the body sits on uh, right here. So um, it's one of those things where you're probably gonna have to remove your body but you don't have to remove it a whole lot. When I did my body lift, I don't know, six years ago, what I did was I went through and removed all my body mounts, which was a chore in of itself. And then I just got my engine hoist 
and raised part of my body um, and then slid my floor jack under it and, yep. and raised other parts. And, and what I would do is I would just kind of clean as I went and checked out areas as I went. Um, so that's one way to do it. Like you don't, you don't have to have a coats lift in, in your shop. You can, you know, be able to, to do it other, other ways to kind of check it out. But yeah, you're right. There's even some paint here on this part of the frame. And that's really good because usually this is all pitted. And mm -hmm. what we mean by pitted is it's just got these holes, you know. Craters almost. Yeah, yeah, like all through it, like a texture that's not supposed to be there. Well, so what we'll do is when it gets back from being media blasted, then we'll really know how bad it is or how good it is. Yeah. So usually when you get to the front, like usually the rust isn't terrible up here because you've got, you know, engine oil covering and coating it's like a you know protective <laughs> layer over everything at Slime. least on my bronchi yeah, yeah. Um, but what do you, I mean what are the the things that you're looking for up here at the front of the bronco what we always see uh, is that the frame has just been cut off this one it looks like they used a plasma cutter sometimes it's an acetylene torch and that's common people put welded all kinds of steel bumpers onto the front of these over the course of 45, 50 years. So we can buy these pieces and replace them and oh, put okay. original bumpers back on. Um, but I did get one mount off right here. Yeah. So um, I am pleased to see that it's, it's <laughs> the right shape. It's circular, it's not too rusty. So um, I can work with this. I can straighten the back out, um, pull it back into spec, cut off all the mounts that I want to cut off, and I've got good steel to work with underneath all this, what is really just surface rust. Yeah, yeah, this really does look nice. And, you know, when you're looking at this kind of thing, like these body mounts are like in importance, like this is probably one of the most important things that it's in decent shape because, mm -hmm. you know, every frame is different. Like these were all handmade on the assembly line. like. There wasn't a machine that did these 50 years ago. So, you know, every Bronco is going to sit differently. Every frame is gonna be different. That's why when you get a new body and put on a new body, like there is, you know, you kind of got to finagle it a little bit and got to get it just right. Because as Donnie knows, you build a body on a jig and that jig may not necessarily match perfectly up with your frame. Well, then if you add on to the fact that your body mounts are completely rusted out, you know, that's, that adds a whole other layer. Um, and so having good body mounts is really important, but what do you do if your body mounts are shot? Well, so we have found that uh, at Jeff's Bronco Graveyard, they make these big, looks like giant washers, and they're oh. the same thickness of the frame. So by the time we cut those out, weld them in, you can't tell we've even replaced them. That's cool. Even from underneath. So. Um, we will use those like washers. Um, again, they're at least an eighth of an inch thick. Um, you can buy some replacement mounts. They won't typically match because these were stamped by Ford. So I will buy unrusted frames that um, the VINs have been cut out of and I'll actually use the Ford mounts and put them back on. Nice. Now we're talking a lot about rust and Let's say for someone who has no idea, maybe they're looking to buy a Bronco and they see something like this. It obviously looks very rusty. It looks very scary. But how do you tell, like what, what's your method 
of going, no, this is still good metal. Like, how can, how can someone tell if the metal is still good or not? I actually use a, about a quarter inch punch. The bottom of it's oh, flat yeah. and I take a hammer and I will go around and hit all the spots. And we'll take a grinding wheel, a wire wheel, around all of the um, rear shock mounts, all eight of the body mounts, and we'll test them. But mostly, you know, I'm also cleaning them up, looking to see if there's any cracks. Specifically on the rear lift springs, those will tear apart and crack. And uh, you can either replace the whole mount, but either way, you're gonna be grinding and welding. Now, if you're buying a Bronco, don't, uh take a hammer and a tap to someone's <laughs> yeah. Bronco that you're looking at, they'll be pissed. Unless you pay for it first. Yeah. <laughs> another, another area that is a trouble area is right here at the steering box. A lot of times, just from wear and tear over the years, mm -hmm. that steering box, you're cranking the wheel and that'll actually crack the frame. Um, and But that is probably, it doesn't really matter because Tom's Off-Road sells these, like I think they're half inch or quarter inch, plates that you put right mm -hmm. on here with longer bolts um, and it actually strengthens your frame right there so that you know if you have a crack or or just to give your steering box some more strength usually if you're and we have a lot of people that try to take rock crawlers and turn them into mall crawlers <laughs> and the difference is like garage queens and that's when you see those things are twisted in the holes and because they, they've had you know 37 inch tires on them the bodies are completely beat all the way around and we've done a couple and put them back on the road and um, it's amazing but the reality is you will see stuff here damage here and damage at the suspension mounts and yep. you know to make it road worthy you need to grind down and check all the welds on all the mounts yeah so when you were taking uh this off like what was what was the process like <laughs> I, I know cutting body mounts is very difficult well, usually we take a plasma cutter. Oh, nice. And if it's yeah. someone's truck, I ask, they say, you don't want to be here for this because it's <laughs> horrific. But in this case, we use the coats lift, the two-in-one lift, oh, yeah. and I got underneath it and we lifted it up. Ironically, the body was so rusty that the ass end of it kind of fell down and then the nose went down and it looked like a wet piece of pizza <laughs> as it was coming up. But things were caught and all of a sudden, you know, uh, we had to go to the back with the pry bar to get one of those mounts loose. And then it's sort of lifted up and then dropped it. Um, same thing with the front. But the funniest part was, as I was just getting it free and clear and the bottom of it was, you know, about shoulder height, the front fender went like a door opened up <laughs> and just kind of boing. And the truck was fighting coming off of this yeah, the whole time. Yeah. But, yeah, it came off, rolled the chassis out, put the body on a, a big pallet, got it out, and then rolled this back in. So, but nice. it was comical. I did get it all videotaped though, so yeah. you can see it. So what's the next, what's the next step here? What are you, what are you gonna do next? We're gonna um, take the axles off. Uh, I'm gonna get anything that bolts to it off. Um, and before I go through and like check all the bolt holes and everything, I'm gonna get it down to a bare frame and it's gonna get media blasted. Oh, nice, okay. Yeah. So you're not, okay, so my process was cleaned it all off, <clears throat> sandblasted and powder coated it in one step. So you're gonna media blast it and then come back, fix the frame horns, mm -hmm. fix 
whatever needs to be straighten fixed. Straighten the frame. Okay. Fix the frame horns. I'm actually gonna cut all the mounts off. Oh, wow. So I'm gonna make uh, coilover mounts. And then, um, so I just need a bare frame that's uh, been media blasted. Nice. Yeah. And then, okay, so how can people see this process, this progress? Uh, we're gonna be taking little videos of it, little tiny shorts, Good. and uh, be posting them on Instagram on Dreamweaver Donnie, and then also on the Broadcast YouTube channel, I'll be posting videos if people wanna follow the entire build. Nice, yeah. nice. That's gonna be fun, it's gonna be fun seeing this come together. Donnie and I are definitely racing, although I think he has like <laughs> three Broncos going and I have one and it's sitting over there not doing anything. So I need to, need to get to work on mine, but hopefully that was helpful. Like I know sometimes like people are like, what, am, what do I even look for in a frame? Like, you know, it just all looks like rust. Well, there's, there's different levels of rust and different ways to check and different things to check for. So hopefully, hopefully that was helpful for you guys. Yeah, stay tuned and uh, we'll keep you posted as we get through this whole process yeah. and uh, show how it's done. John and I wanted to uh, talk about like tools for the weekend mechanic. This is a good subject because, you know, what tools do you buy? Which ones do you not waste your money on? And uh, yeah. we just feel like we got a short list of a bunch of tools that we each recommend that we feel are kind of important to have. So yeah. uh, what's your what's your first one? Number one, um, I've got the Milwaukee Impact Driver. So this is the M18 Fuel. <clears throat> it is super, I mean, this thing is pretty heavy, um, super torquey. I think it goes, I have my notes here, a 1,000 foot-pounds um, wow. that it can actually do. But, like, so, you know, you usually have just an impact driver. You know, everyone has a DeWalt, a Milwaukee, whatever it is. <clears throat> this is a step up, and it has so much torque in it. But however they designed it, I don't know how they designed it, it won't break your wrist when because of the torque load. Like, it'll break the bolt. I have snapped off the heads of numerous bolts now having this. Um, but also <laughs> like, man, you got to get something to 250 foot pounds, crank on this for a second and then pull the torque wrench out and do it. Like this gets it way closer. I've actually gone over like often it's like I need 250 for like suspension bolts and I'll do this and, you know, da -da 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 -da, and I'm like, okay, good. And then I'm like, Oh crap. You know, like I just did, 350, you know, or whatever. <laughs> and, and so this, it works really, really well. And especially working on a Bronco, working on an old truck where you're having to get, you know, old rusty bolts out. You're having to get, you know, a lot of stuff. This thing is amazing. And I actually have the small battery. on. Yeah. It. I was going to say, yeah. you've got the low profile <laughs> battery, which is like an inch shorter. Yeah. Which sometimes that one inch is like the difference, whether you can get the tool in there or not. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it has four different settings. I keep it on the second setting most of the time. Uh, the fourth one is might break your wrist, <laughs> but <laughs> might flip your truck over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think this is amazing and getting a good pair of impact sockets to go with it. Like, I think that's important to, you know, you obviously don't want to splinter a, uh, a Chrome socket, you know, non-impact 
um, socket with it. But man, yeah, that thing is amazing. Do you have a brand you like on the impact sockets? Um, no, I, I just got a set. I'll, uh, it's a Nico, um, the deep impact sockets. I yeah. got it off Amazon. I think it was 50 bucks. I mean, not too expensive, but they've lasted. I've beat those things up and they're great. My first tool is, you know, I kind of went all out. I like tools, so I like to buy the good stuff, but it's just really a torque wrench. And I think it's important because every bolt on the Bronco, almost every bolt, has a torque spec associated with it, and it needs to be so tight. For example, yeah. if you over-tighten your lug nuts, you can't get your wheel off on the side of the road. And, you know, <laughs> tire shops will do the, uh, that favor, and you're sitting over there, you can jump up and down on... Uh, tire wrench and it will not come off. So, you know, there's a torque range for that so that you can replace your tire. But I have a Proto brand uh, torque wrench. I have several of them in different sizes, uh, half-inch drive, three-eighths drive, quarter-inch. And um, I love them. I got them at MSD Industrial. Um, they're an online retailer. And uh, it's, it's a really good brand. I'd put it up with the best, but it wasn't, you know, crazy expensive. I've gone through plenty of... 29 and 19 dollar torque wrenches i have had some of them last didn't even finish the job you know you're using them in 30 minutes it just yeah. goes boing and things starts yep. popping off so uh you know i don't mind spending a couple hundred dollars or 300 bucks on a good torque wrench and you'll have it for like five or ten years my next tool is a uh two and two and one because so i've got my um what is this <laughs> my Pittman arm puller <laughs> And then my harmonic balancer uh, puller. And both of these, I feel like, are just really good tools to have in the drawer at all times. Like, this is one that, like, you shouldn't just rent when you need it. Like, you need to buy one. I think I think this one was 20 bucks and this one was 10 bucks. I mean, it's like, they're so cheap. It's, you know, not, not expensive. Not expensive tools. But I... I go for my Pitman arm puller for so many things because I, it's just that thought of like, I wonder if I could get my Pitman arm puller on that and get it off or like harmonic balancer. I think I pulled my steering wheel off with yeah. this or, you know, it's like there's so many multifunctions with these two tools in particular that I, I think they're good ones just for everyone to have in their drawer. I've used the harmonic balance puller to help pull the Pitman arm off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then it'll just, it'll just go ping and yep. come off. Ping. Otherwise, you can fight that thing and it will they just don't come off. Right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of tools that have multi functions and I think these are are two of them for sure. And with all these, we'll put links in the description below where you can find the you know the ones that we're we're talking about or find your own and and we'll just put Amazon links or whatever uh, down in the description. Well, my next tool is actually a very large item. It's actually a steel table that we use in the shop and uh, I've added casters to it that lock, but it's a Miller welding table, so it's about 32 inches square, half inch steel plate on top, which by itself is crazy heavy because I had to assemble it. Um <laughs> But this one's a double, so it has six wheels and two plates side by side, so it's somewhat rectangular. But um, I have stood on it multiple times and pounded on stuff. Uh, the other day, we had two axles, a Dana 44 and a 9-inch on top that I hadn't taken apart just to get them out of the way and roll them around. So, 
But this table is amazing. It has like an X groove cut out of one plate. So you could have these clamps that move around and they're, um, has like copper threaded um, clamps. So it's a welding table. You clamp your welder ground to the table and, um, and you can weld right onto it. And then we just like grind off any slagger yeah. where we welded welded onto the table. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this thing's invaluable. And they're not cheap. This one's on the expensive side, like $2,500. But they have half the table with the half-inch steel plate on top with four wheels. And it, it's like five or 600 bucks. Wow. And uh, I mean, it's it's invaluable. Yeah. That That is, I mean, like I'm sure people listening, like why would I ever buy a welding table? Like, you know, but- we all have tables in our garage and we all need tables in our garage. Uh, and so having something that is sturdy, like that, you know, you can, like I took my transfer case out not too long ago and like I put my transfer case on my MDF, you know, table that I have. And I was like, Oh geez, like is this <laughs> thing going to hold it, you know, but yeah, having a good welding table, you know, thick, uh, sturdy table. Now it's terrible for sound, you know, like if you're like banging on something and like the metal just like ping, you know, throughout the garage. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, that's a good one for sure. I like that one. What do you got there? This is a power probe. Um, this is the, uh, whole power probe for kit. Um, but oh my gosh, like using a power probe, changes the way that you diagnose electrical problems on your Bronco. Like I keep this, well, not this one. This is actually yours. I keep mine in my Bronco it's in, in the, the center. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, because anytime something electrical electrical is going on, it's like, all right, grab the power probe. Like, let's figure it out. Cause you plug this to the battery, you hook it up to the um, positive and negative terminal. Now you've got 12 volts and you can, you know, hook it up to something to test. Okay. Is it the wire running to it? Is it the 12 volt? You know, like there's just so many functions, more functions to me than just like a multimeter, um, or something like that. Like, and this will test voltage. So you, if you do hook it up to something, you can actually see like it has the numbers on there of how much voltage, um, is going through it. Like, I feel like this is one of the greatest tools. Now it's on the expensive side. I think it's two or 300 bucks. Yeah. So it is a little bit pricier, you know, it's not a $50 tool, but you will get the use out of this. You know, any electrical issue, this will be your first stop. I vaguely remember getting yours out of the glove box <laughs> while we were in the middle of a creek. Yep. Yeah. The, <laughs> because you lost fuel. In, I did, in, yeah. Uh, we were so what we were able to do was put 12 volts to your pump, yep, your fuel pump, and it was working. It's it like so right. we know the yeah. pump's not bad, yeah. And then you went to the front of the truck and it was simply a wire right at the battery, yeah, at the front. yeah. It was it, or it was uh, somewhere up there, yeah, somewhere like one of the fuse blocks or something, you know. It was just like, and yeah, we just figured that out, started touching everything, and yeah, like such a multi use kind of tool. Whenever you're in trouble, it paid for itself that day. Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's how you know you got a good tool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my my, I have a, a, a. It's a tool. It's a bunch of tools. But here, I'll see, see if you can guess what this is. It's not a socket. Oh no! 
<laughs> this is a ratcheting wrench. I actually have two kinds. I have three. This one has a flexible head, so you can angle the head of the ratchet closed end part of the wrench. And um, sometimes that's the only way to get onto a bolt. And uh, then I've got the regular set of wrenches, and then I have stubbies now. So sometimes all you can do is just get two fingers, and you have to stick your pinky out. And it's the only time to get... The only way you can get into a tight spot, maybe on an exhaust manifold bolt that's underneath buried by the starter. Um, but these are my literally my favorite thing. Yeah, I have a couple different sets, but the closed end ratcheting is fantastic. Well, I mean, when you're when you're like, you've got ten bolts to do, you can just do that real quick, yep. get it all on, and then get your maybe your socket out and hit or your torque wrench yep. and hit your torque. There you go. Yep. Yep. Exactly. My next one is a tap and die set. Now, some of you may be like, I've never heard of a tap and die set. I've never used a tap and die set, whatever, whatever it is. Well, working on an old truck, really, you should use a tap. You know, every time you pull an old rusty bolt out, you should grab one of these and, you know, pour some, get some, spray some lube in the hole and then follow this in with, uh, you know, or follow the, that hole with the tap. So what this does is this is just designed to actually clean out any holes, any, um, you know, any, what are they? Bolt holes, like any bolt holes that have dirt. <laughs> There's an L in there. <laughs> bolt holes. Bolt holes. <laughs> <laughs> We were just talking about the frames, and when I said yeah. you got to go and check all the frame holes, it's this is the tool. Yes, exactly. Because yeah, I mean it's designed to clean that out. It's designed, you know, it has these channels where it will collect grime, dirt, rust, um, all that kind of stuff. And if you're doing any work, like you need to do that, and you need to just make sure that your your holes are are clean. But then to this is designed to clean any of your bolts. So, you know, you don't want to do, use it on everything, but um, being able to, you know, you pull a suspension bolt out, clean it off, put, you know, run your tap through the hole, and then you're able to put the bolt in. Like it's that bolt is going to last longer and it's going to actually do its job better. Yeah, so we use the die. One's a tap and one's a die. Yeah. So you tap a hole, so you go in and clean the threads out. Yeah. So your bolt will thread down in there. But the die, these things are super cool looking. Um, on the end of the exhaust manifolds, um, here, I actually... Uh, oh, yeah. There are studs that stick out. And if you don't clean those up before you bolt it to your engine and you've got it inside the truck, you can't get in there. Like if that nut won't tighten down... So you do your collectors and the rest of your exhaust. So we always run those yeah. on the exhaust manifolds. Well, even so when I was doing my, uh, the suspension on my new build, uh, the powder coater didn't cover up a couple of mm. the, the bolt holes. So just a little bit of powder coat got in there. Well, then my bolt wouldn't go in there, you know? So being able to just follow it up with, with one of these run that through. And when I say run it through, you're not doing it with a, you know, an impact wrench. You're doing it slowly by hand and just letting that eat its way through and clean all that, that gunk out. Well, and anytime you have a broken bolt and you've got to drill it out, you need to run yeah. uh, 
a tap through there to make sure they'll go through. When we do the frames, we do all we check all the holes with a set like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, you know, then we plug them, goes to powder coat, comes back, we run them again, and then that way we know when we're assembling the truck, you know, we're not sitting there trying to fix these or drill out broken bolts later. So Yeah. Well, how many times too have you broken a bolt trying to get it back in a dirty hole that you should have just <laughs> yeah. cleaned it out? You should have cleaned it out. You yeah. should have cleaned it out. Okay, so again, my next tool is not necessarily a cheap tool, but they can be inexpensive. Um, I like to measure everything. So um, a dial bore indicator or a oh, dial yeah. indicator. You can you get these magnetic mounts, and that's how we check the backlash on a ring gear and a ring and pinion setup. So not everybody's probably going to do that, but it is nice to have like a set of calipers. I even have a $9 plastic caliper. Oh yeah. And uh, we measure every, today we were measuring the depth of the lug holes in these rims because we we got these really old rims are called turbines and we put them on our brand new frame and the studs barely stuck out. So I was able to measure the thickness of where the bolts go through the center of the rim. It was an inch and an eighth. Like, so in order to use these rims, we're going to have to go, but, uh, the measuring tool we use is just a set of calipers. It can clamp down and measure the diameter of a pipe or a bolt or anything, or it'll go inside a hole and measure, the inside diameter of a hole or a piece of steel. So there you go. The uh, tools for the weekend mechanic. Um, I think that's a great list. Like, I think that's a, a a good list if you're thinking about, hey, I just got a Bronco. What are some of the things that I should save up for? What are some of the things that I need? Um, I think that's a, a really good list to go off of. All right. You know, I buy... I usually will buy the, a cheap tool first yeah, and see if it's the one that works for the job or I'll rent the tool. But yeah. um, once you figure out this is a tool I got to have, save up and get the good stuff. Yeah. All right. Time to put our headphones on. It's time for oh, a call with a special, special guest. Special guest. Yeah. So uh, one of the things that we like to do on the podcast is, you know, have a guest and kind of get an understanding of, you know, what, what, what Broncos they have, what they, you know, what they, what's their Bronco story. But this guest, Donnie, this is a, a very special guest. And, 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 and if you're listening, I'm going to give you a couple hints on how special this guest is. I heard our guest once changed all four tires on a Bronco without any tools. Bare hands. Bare hands. Right. I heard he chased down a Ford Bronco while riding bareback on a Bronco. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I heard that when he was a child, he outran Bill Strop when he won the Baja 1000 on foot. <laughs> Barefoot. Barefoot. <laughs> yeah. he, uh, Superman wears his underwear. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome our guest. <laughs> the man. The myth. The legend. Rob Matthews. What's going on, Rob? You know, all of those things are completely accurate. Yes. He's seven, eight foot tall. (laughs) Oh, man. Rob Rob has kind of, on the podcast, become, uh, it's kind of the tales of Rob Matthews. On the last, or two episodes ago, uh, he could put his foot out the door and stop a Bronco. Yep. 
Um, I mean, that's I tried that, just so you know. I got a hole through my, <laughs> through my tennis shoe and right into my foot. So. <laughs> <laughs> now, Rob, you we met uh, at Super Celebration. We've known each other for years now. Um, but how many, for people who don't know, how many Broncos have you owned in your in your lifetime? Probably 10 or 11. Oh, wow. Wow. Were they all so, early so, Broncos? No, no. I've had, I've had just about everything. Um, I learned to drive um, a car, uh, learned to drive, period, um, on an 86 Eddie Bauer. Oh, nice. Um, and so, yeah, I've had, I've had everything with the exception of the big Bronco, 78, 79. Okay. And uh, I'm, I look, I'm constantly looking. <laughs> yep. For the right one to add to the stable, but yeah, I'm. I've had ten or eleven in all different, uh, you know, some some running, some not running, and uh, yeah, it, it, you know, they're like potato chips. I mean, you guys know this. Yes. Anybody that listens to your podcast knows this. <laughs> Ford Broncos are just like potato chips. You cannot have just one. That is so true. <laughs> so, yep. Yep. So, so I remember you name your Broncos, and w- wasn't one of them called Patches? <laughs> yes, yes. Patches was an orange 70-something or other. I think it was a 75. Uh, that was Patches. It was replaced with Pache, a oh. French version. <laughs> it's a little more refined, you know, a little nicer vehicle. <clears throat> yeah. Yep. Yeah, Patches was, was the one, I mean – I think that's probably how we met because I was just walking around the show field at super celebration. And it was like, this is like the perfect Bronco. Like it just looked perfect. It was such a, it was such a beautiful, you did such a good job on it. Uh, well, that's flattering, uh, but perfect <laughs> is definitely not in, uh, that wasn't in patches, <laughs> patches, uh, forte, but you know, that's good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> I did. I did. I, and I did a video, um, Year, a couple of years ago, when you still had patches, um, I think it was probably 2018. And, yeah, uh, and I break checked your camera right <laughs> yeah, into my windshield. Exactly. Right, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> and ever since then, I, the words of Rob Matthews of, your brakes will work fine if you just you have them uh, tuned right. <laughs> Run through my head. This is correct. In my, in my opinion, that is correct. Yep, yep. Exactly. Give us some examples of some tools that you feel like every weekend mechanic should have to, you know, successfully work on their Bronco. Top, top uh, one. Like in their truck with them? No, no. Like in their garage. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just between, you know, yeah, you got to have some tools in your truck, but like, in the, like, oh my gosh, man. So, oh man, that's a tough one. But you know, to be honest, probably the easiest thing for anybody to get would be a um, uh, um, a big uh, like a shock crane or a hoist. That's, yes, that, and that is like, and, and I just say that like I'm not talking about oh well you know somebody's going to listen to this and go well I don't need to pull my engine out of the truck. Well, no, but you can wrap a chain around the front bumper and pick the front end up off the ground 45 degrees so you can work under it. <laughs> you, yeah, you know, yeah. It's, uh, th- that's probably my first one. I, I used my engine hoist to level my doors. Like I would, you know, yep. hoist it up, hoist uh, the doors and, up. And install your transmission. And install my transmission. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I pulled it up. A, a shop crane or hoist, they can be had so cheap. Yeah. So inexpensive. Now, the one I have, 
I bought it off a guy that used to rebuild semi-truck engines. And when I mean it's overkill, I mean this thing has to be able to carry six tons. Because oh, it was wow. hauling in big diesel, you know, Detroit engine out of the front end of a semi-truck, right? I mean, it's it's so overkill, it's retarded. I spent 200 bucks for it. Yep. Oh, wow. And it works amazing. Yeah. That was a Craigslist line, right? I mean, like, yeah, you you can buy a brand new two ton lift for three hundred and fifty bucks right now from any of the stores, any yeah. big box store. Yeah. Brand new. Yeah. That's pretty that's pretty good. All right. What what else what else is on the list? Oh man, like uh, shop tools, like super important. You know, a lot of it isn't big stuff um that's in the shop that you'll end up using a bunch. Um I've got a, a ball joint service tool that uh, it's like 77 bucks on Amazon yeah. uh, because I went to go help my buddy with a 78 Bronco do ball joints. And he quote unquote borrowed a tool from one of the, uh, the, the stores, like, you know, discount or something. Yeah, yeah. It was such a colossal piece of crap. And I literally <laughs> said, I'm never, ever going to do that. I'm just going to buy the tool. Yeah. So I bought the tool. $77. Again, that's Amazon. It will last my lifetime and it will do every ball joint of everything I've ever owned. Yeah. <laughs> and what did um, it, didn't you, uh, didn't you use that ball joint tool for something else recently? Like putting, uh, putting the studs uh, well, in uh Ford nine inch. I did. Yeah. See, see, you remember, <laughs> I forget these things. Right. So I knocked out all the studs. I replaced them. And yeah, I actually used that tool to, um, to torque the studs up in, you know, I use the big ass socket on one side, right. To let them draw in. Yeah. So just because the tool says one thing, it's not like you have to sign your life away and there's a waiver and says, Hey, you can't use this for something else. Um, it's more time you spend in the shop or monkeying around and banging your knuckles on these things. You just, you'll just find stuff. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like I always reach for my Pittman arm puller. Like, I'm like, I wonder if I could use the Pittman arm puller for this, you know, like I like can't get something and I'm like, but the Pittman arm puller could do it. You know, like, I don't know why that's like my go-to uh, tool that I reach for. Yeah. There's a couple of small things like uh, you can get a 12 piece bearing separator puller set on Amazon. They're $37. And again, I, I don't do this professionally. They will last my lifetime. Yeah. Right. Um, but you can get like a harmonic balancer puller. Now that is one that I use for all sorts of crazy things. Yeah, um, a little more expensive, a hundred bucks on eBay. Um, but like, here, uh, here's a super cheap one: twenty-seven bucks for the bearing race, like the uh, the the seat where you can like uh, you know it's all aluminum, build aluminum. You take that thing in, you screw, you get the right size for the race, yep. and you tap it in with a hammer. Yep, twenty-seven dollars. Yeah. No longer are you looking for a block of wood or, or a friggin' socket. Huge socket. Four yeah. times bigger than you'll ever use, yeah, right? Yeah. It's 27 bucks, man. You use it three times and it's completely paid for itself 50 times over. Yep, I agree. Speaking of all this this tool stuff, what are you currently working on? Uh, I mean, this this podcast reaches just tens of thousands of Bronco enthusiasts, and uh, <laughs> at least eight of those thousands will be at Supercell, and I kind of want to keep it a surprise. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's uh, it's on it's on Pache. We're bringing that truck again. Um, nice. So I, you guys both know Amando's pregnant with our first kid. He's amazing, and he has more hair than both of you put together. Yes, congratulations. Um. So I uh, I did something that I wanted to do uh, to that truck to kind of eh, kind of refine the look a little bit. So you guys know all the little stickers, right? Everybody's having like little uh, yeah. cartoon characters of their trucks and yeah, they're all they're trading so cool. stickers around. Yeah. 
right? So I'm like, man, I totally want to do that, except that my truck doesn't look the way I want it to look to take a photo of it to make a sticker of it. Is oh, that? Yeah. It's completely vain, right? That's like the dumbest thing ever. No, nope, so I get that's it. What I'm hung up on. Yep. That's the anyway, auto illustration comes, guy. Yeah, those are incredible. Yeah, yeah. It comes back from powder coat tomorrow, so I can <laughs> I can start working on it again. Nice. Anyway, nice. Yeah. I had to bolt a uh, I had to bolt a seat carrier in the back of my truck so kid could ride with us. That was kind of annoying, but that's fine. <laughs> Yep. It's a kid. Yeah, I can't really turn it back in. You know what I mean? I I always did the front seat so that when people drove by, they would look at me like with such disgust. You know, like you can't have a kid in your front seat. And I'm like, yes, no, you can. My kid dies like a man. Yeah. <laughs> well, no. It's the reason you're not supposed to is because of the airbag. So if you don't have oh, an yeah. airbag, you're totally fine putting a kid in the front seat. Like it, well, airbags were, were like created 20 years later. Yeah, totally exactly. Fine. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, if I get in a wreck in my Bronco, whoever is in it is going to die. What's you an, know, what's an airbag? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Any other tools that you like? So you got a secret project you're working on. Um, what about uh, you, you sent me a picture of a shop sander. Oh yeah, yeah, my sander. That thing's uh, that's great actually. Um, that's a Porta cable belt sander, so it's like a four inch wide sanding belt. So, it, you know, anything from cleaning up metal, uh, you know, burrs off of metal to it's just anything. It's a sander. Yeah, so you, you can sand anything you want on it. Um, that's pretty. Uh, I use that a lot actually. And that and actually my eight inch bench grinder. So that belt sander's 250 bucks. That came from, you know, Lowe's or Home Depot-ish. Yep. Uh, my bench grinder has a stainless wire wheel on one side oh. and a, uh, like a zirconia stone on the other side. That yeah. was 180 bucks. That's a Harbor Freight unit. Yeah. Um, but if you're into, like, refinishing nuts and bolts, man, that wire wheel, it will rip the rust off of everything and make it look brand new. You put a little poke a hole in a cardboard box. Yeah. Prime paint and your bolts, you know, not everything. You don't want to reuse bolts like, uh, let's say, like head bolts off a motor. Right. You don't right. reuse those, right? You guys know. You buy ARP head studs. Yeah, exactly. But for the stuff that doesn't matter, you know, <laughs> you can recycle all this stuff and basically make it look brand new. And you can't, you can do that without the proper tools. Yeah. But it will take you 10 times longer yep. versus just fire up that wire wheel, you know. 5,000 RPM and just and roll the bolt and you're done. And it's shiny, no rust, bare metal. See, we're, we are tracking you and I like we're on the same wavelength. Cause I said a tap and die set. Like that was one of mine because every bolt you pull out of your truck, you should follow it with a tap. Like, you know, there's yep. just so much garbage in every one of those yep. holes and you have got to clean it out or else your new bolt, you know, is going to just get, you know, twisted or yeah yeah exactly well rob is one of those guys that can fix anything on the trail yeah so what's the what's the craziest breakdown you've ever had in a bronco yeah it's it's invariably has something to do with the fuel system at least for me um and i mean i carry a bunch of spare parts i I run a uh uh geez i almost said by tech um (laughs) the holly sniper so like i've had a fuel pump go bad um so i keep a spare fuel pump on the truck with yeah. that being said on pache it's uh, it's frame mounted it's actually mounted on the side of the gas tank um 
I can change that fuel pump in like literally like four minutes and I can put a new one on. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's really easy. It's not complicated. Um, but I mean, you know, every, if you wheel enough, you've done U joints and U joints on a trail aren't quite the same as doing a U joint in your shop where you can put it in a vice and, you know, monkey around with things. Um, it's mostly small stuff. The good thing about Broncos, like if you're on the trail with somebody, if, if you can't figure it out or you've never done it, the guy behind you or in front of you, they've all done it. Right. These trucks are all 50 years old. Like they're not rocket science to work on these things. Um, now, my wife drives a 20, 2022 Ram. If that thing breaks down, I'm hauling it straight to the dealer. I'm not touching that thing. Yeah, right? exactly. It's exactly. just a different, uh, you know, it's just a different, different thing. That's all. Yeah. Well, Rob, so good to talk to you. I know we have to keep this short, but, uh, if any of you listening are coming to super celebration, you better be on the lookout. One for Pache, you know, Rob's orange uh, Luber. What's a Luber? Lifted, uncut Bronco. Yeah. So uh, go see go see um, Rob's orange Luber Pache and then Project X that uh, we don't we don't know about and we don't we haven't heard about and we haven't seen any pictures of, but it, it's going to be an exciting surprise, right? It, well, it could be. I'll tell you that I did use my titanium, uh, my titanium welder. I did use a needle scaler. I did use a 3M narrow belt sander on it. I also used a portaband bandsaw on it. And uh, I don't think I drilled. Oh, yeah, I did. I, I used my World War II drill press on it. So there you go. There's some other shop tools. There you go. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> I love it. I mean, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, because I, I feel like, you know, we've always had the parts corner on the podcast and it's like, Every, every Bronco guy is like, what tool should I buy next? Let's, you know? let's each guess oh, what man, we yeah, think I he did. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Let's both guess it, it, what we think Rob did to It depends on what your project is, right? What do you buy next? What's your next big project? Yeah, Like exactly. my, my ball joint tool, 7750. You know, if I use it more than once, 7750 gets cut in half. And if I use it a third time ever <laughs> in the life of owning it, it gets cut down again. Right? You're speaking like Donnie's language. Up a little bit of money, but man, they pay for themselves so fast. Yeah. And not just me. What if my buddy wants to borrow it? You know, or yep. he brings his truck over here, or something like. Yeah. Don't don't use the crap that you quote unquote borrow from the auto parts store. Just buy your own stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I, re- I rent my tools to my friends. Because <laughs> they're not coming back anyway. I get at least a little bit of money. Oh boy. <laughs> That's awesome. Rob, how can uh, people see when you post the things that you post? How can people see what, uh, follow you and see what you're working on? Uh, they, it, you know, to be fair, I'm not overly active on social media anymore. I mean, I basically snoop around the Bronco groups, but on Instagram, which I guess would be the most, we're at Red Cracker Outdoors. And yep. then, uh, you know, they can follow me, Rob Matthews, um, on, uh, Facebook. But like I said, I don't, I don't post too terribly much. You don't, you don't. It's true. After this, you're, you're, I mean, you'll be bombarded with the thousands of followers that we have. They'll all be. Yep. Well, that, that's good. Everybody should follow Red Crackers on Instagram and, uh, I'll start making the checks. Like, <laughs> you know, I'll be, I'll be famous. And the money will start rolling in because that's how social media works. That's exactly how it works. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
Hilarious. Oh, man. Well, thank you so much, Rob. And uh, we will we'll be talking to you later. Yeah, yeah see, no problem. You guys are awesome. Keep after it. See you at Supercell. Supercell.